Cheltenham Fast this week. And we're now on to day two of the Cheltenham Festival, the Wednesday, headlined by the Queen Mother Champion Chase. As per usual, as you'd expect by now, as you all should know by now, James Watson is here with me. How are we doing, Paul? Doing great. Uh, we've gone through the first day, got all seven winners for you. We're now going to do exactly the same <laughs> uh, for the Wednesday, because we're that good. That's how amazing we are. Um, not just the Queen Mother Champion Chase is, is the highlight. For me, the first race of the festival on day two is that Ballymore. It's a, a proper, tasty affair. Uh, four exceptional talents in it, all locking horns. I'm, I'm really looking for it. That's one of my favourite races of the festival this year, the Ballymore, and I cannot wait for it. Yeah, it looks a cracker, mate. I mean, it's it's deep, isn't it? And I, I guess that's where we should start as a first race, the Ballymore. Novice has heard of, we'll dive straight in. Impere pass now two to one favourite. He has been the hype horse on the preview circuit this week, hasn't he? He was three to one on Monday. We're recording this Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon. Now twos. Hermes Allen is second favourite. He's a general price of 133 to one. Gaelic Warrior fives. Goodland sixes. Champ Kylie eights. Twelves in the pocket. Sixteens absolute notions. Eighteens Irish point. 20s bar them. I found this tricky, Jim. I found this tricky. I think I tweeted earlier this week, you know, how would you, how would I rank the four? Uh, if I have to be honest, though, mate, the, the more I look at it, the more I, I like Imperi Pass. Yeah, the more replays I watch, the more I get more jiggy about it. Like, genuinely, his way of going is lovely. His jumping's delightful. Um, He's absolutely pulling double. You look at that run at Nace, the first time over hurdles. Um, there was a couple of hurdles missing due to the low sun, but he's absolutely obliterated. I mean, another form of it isn't anything special, but that's that. Just the performance in general was breathtaking. Punches down in the Moscow Flyer, and he beat Hey Johnny, who's not been a bad handicapper throughout the season for Tony Mullins. She could be anything. has been keeping keeping her own in graded mares races. Uh, and we haven't seen the Model Kingdom since uh, finishing second in Parrot Pass. But prior to that, you look at the form. She'd run well behind Magical Zoe and Halibut. Uh, and I think that, that, that this fellow is, is going to be pretty special. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, back on track. And like Lewis has said, there's been talk of everyone over the past couple of days and all the preview nights are all over him. Everyone from William Mullins' stable seems to strongly like what he's been doing at home and I'd have to be happily following in with that um, but it's best to mention these other rivals because it is a very competitive race this year. Hermes Allen, we saw what he did in grade one company in the cello last year uh, last year uh, in, well technically it worked the 31st December wasn't it um, <laughs> beating, uh, beating you wear it well who we've seen win a grade two since now, everyone is saying how strong this form is, but I can pick fairly big chunks out of this form. Uh, at the time, I thought that wasn't that good. Now, I think the form is OK, but it's not, like, special. Uh, everyone's saying how good the cello form is, uh, including myself a few weeks ago. Now, I'm willing to crab it a bit. Like, you wear it well is obviously a, a nice mare, um, and she won the, the JNC more. But you look at the horses in behind, they're only winning maiden hurdles. Like, not not amazing. That's what you want grade ones in, in Britain to be doing. 
you look at passing well, for example, he won uh, up at Newcastle, beating Fairman Concrete, who's been absolutely dire this season, and then got well stuffed in the Albert Bartlett trial. Um, you look they they rolled passing well differently in, in, at Haydock, though. But even still, still a, a massive underperformance in the fall line, so it's so good. Um, Crambo won a race like he should do at Bangor on D. Uh, and Thomas Moore won the handicap at Ascot. That's the only one that I'd possibly be slightly positive about. Vicky Vale's been beat twice since. Like, I don't think the farm, I know there's so few of them have pulled up, but I'm, I'm not as all fully sold, sold on it as much as everyone else. Um, he's he's obviously coming here with the leading British chance and one of Nicholas' best chances of the week, but he might struggle to even compete with some of these lot. Um, you look at Brave Man's game coming into this race with Bob Ollinger and was it Jay Ardumini? Uh Yes, it was, mate. Um, you look at that race, and he struggled to lie up with them at that stage of his career. And I've I've got a little bit of a feeling Hermes and could be slightly the same here. Um, and also, I've got to give Goodwood. Like, Goodlands, there's a little bit of six to one around about Goodlands. And I think that's an absolute steal because I really, really liked what he's done over hurdles, especially at Leopardstown last time. Um, just really professional. You know what you're going to get from him. He, he jumps very well. He, you know he stays strongly now, uh, running at Nathaniel Lacey's. It's a bit of six to one about him. I could feel a bit of scumbaggy each way. The price is he's certainly of, in, of a lot more interest now. I'd rather be backing him at 60s than Gaelic Warrior. Um, but an absolutely fascinating renewal. Champ Keeling's another horse who we've not even mentioned, and he's won a grade one as well this season. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Empire Pass is the main main selection, but Goodlands Price, if he carries on drifting like this, I, I might have to be getting stuck into him as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Empire Pass, Jim, and I, I like see. I can't really put my finger in what I like about him so much. If you know what I mean, I, I just think he looks very, very professional already. Impresses on and off the bridle. Okay, you know, the, he's won races he was entitled to win. But the vibes, the vibes are, are strong. And sometimes it's just n- not being able to put your finger on something about a horse. I kind of get that with him. Uh, I re-watched Hermes Allen's Chalo the other day, I watched it twice, and I, I, I was more impressed than I thought I was, if that makes sense. It was really good, and I, I, I think it was an alright race, if I'm honest, you know, you ran through it, and yeah, I guess you can throw stones at it, but you wear it well, like you say, as Frank Lafford pretty well, so it's Marble Sands won the Sydney Banks. For a, for a British novice hurdle, it's, it's about as good as you're going to get before Cheltenham. Uh, and the, the race was run at a, a real gallop on bad ground. The field were, were very, very well struck out by the end of the race. And Hermes Allen, you know, was, was having to be eased close home. He, he did it that comfortably. Uh, I think this is a good horse. I really do. And I, I, he'd probably be second, second of the big four for me. The one I can't have is Gaelic Warrior. Just doesn't jump well enough. Doesn't jump it absolutely frightens the living daylight out of me. It's gonna end up in Guinness Village if he jumps like that. I I love the horse's engine. Absolutely love the horse's engine. And 
in weaker years, in weaker Ballymores, I could see him getting away with it. But I think Imperi Pass is a proper one. I think Hermes Allen is a proper one. And I think Goodland is very, very, very solid and professional and is unlikely to do anything stupid. I could see Gaelic Warrior doing something stupid, which worries me. He should have won the Fedwin last year. He should have won the Fedwin last year, and his jumping cost him. Okay, he's, he's probably progressed from four to five, and he was, you know, really impressive in a in a handicap which he was more than entitled to win last time. And I know uh, I was on a, a video call which Patrick was on earlier in the week, and Patrick was saying, you know, they've got to just try and keep him smuggled up on the inner and hope that horses to his right kind of stop him uh, being as drastic as he was. But you saw it again at Leopardstown at, at the last. Uh, he's got to be a proper, proper monster to do that, get away with that, and still be what I think looks a pretty solid field. I mentioned Goodland, like you said, just a very, very solid horse. And I, I get why you might like a bit of each way fevery. Uh, at sixes because I think he's reliable and I find it very, very easy to see him maybe coming second or third. Just don't think he quite has as high a ceiling as maybe the top two in the betting. Uh, And the one, again, I I haven't mentioned his champ, Kylie, who won the Lawlers of Nace. Did that race suit him? Was he a little bit, uh, you know, benefited? Obviously, they, they didn't they didn't jump in the home straight. He outspeeded Irish Point, who flopped at the DRF last time. Uh, ran all right in the Royal Bond as well. I'm I'm not convinced by Champ Kylie at eight to one. If I'm going to be deadly honest, I think he's a nice horse, but you know. He's a seven-year-old, perhaps less root, less scope for improvement, uh, and I, I, I think that I think there's more more reasons to throw stones at the Lawlers of Nace than there is at the Chalo. He, yeah, he's an, he's another one that jumps a little bit out to his right as well, which would be a bit of a bit of a worry for me. Um, you mentioned that Patrick's going to smuggle him up the inside, um, just just to try and keep him. Uh, Gaelic Warry. Isn't that what they tried to do with Asterian Falange in the Supreme that year when he took everything out of his path? Uh, yes, it is. He absolutely took out, was it Alexia Danay? Yeah, and Blackmore. Was Black, Blackmore riding that one, or was it the. Probably wrong. Yeah, JP Horse, I don't, I don't think he, uh, he had much racing after that, even if at all, but yeah, uh, yeah Gaelic Warry would worry me if they are going to try and smuggle him. Smuggling up the inner, I wouldn't want to be the one on his outer. Uh, I, I did end up back in in Pere Pass at threes earlier in the week. Uh, twos makes it a little bit more of a difficult decision, but I think he wins. Correct. Um, I, win, lose, or draw. I think Pere Pass is, is the class act for this race, um, and I'm, I'm going to be an absolute scumbag and have a bit of good land each way. Oh, we do love that, Jimbo. We do love that. As we move on to the Brown Advisory Novices Chase, formerly the RSA Grade 1 
for novice chasers over three miles, Jerry Colomb, seven to four, five to beat Sigur Had, and the real Wacker, who are fives each, 11 to two, Time Hill. Uh, Remelis is 12s. Potentially, he comes here rather than the National Hunt Chase. Gallia de la Tau, 14, stage star, same price, as is a Devil's Coachman, and Thunder Rock, 60s, James de Burley, and 33s. But then, Jim, this is a nap of the festival. Jerry Colomb cannot lose. You've, you you have a lot stronger on Jerry Colomb than I am, so go on, make your case. Well, what can beat him? What can beat him? Don't tell me he'll get beat by Time Hill. The real whacker, lovely performance in the dipper. It's easier to roll along from the front in races over shorter. You know, th- this race can be so attritional, so attritional. And the real whacker, to replicate the performance of what he did in the dipper, in a race like the Brown Advisory against sterner opposition, the real whacker has to be a 170-plus horse. So far, I'm not sure. He, he could be, but he wasn't, you know, he, he was barely 140 as a hurdler. Uh, is he two stone a better horse over fences? Like, like the animal, I think he's, think he's got a cracking attitude and loved what he did in the dipper. But I think it's going to be so much harder to replicate that. The Cottle Star was a dreadful race and it fell apart around them. Nothing jumped well. And time, you know, we spun the wheel, it landed on Time Hill on that day. Run that race again, I'm not sure he wins it again. So Gerhard's ran once over fences. Don't like that. Going into the Cheltenham Festival race. Wasn't hugely impressed by your jumping at Goran. Uh, and Jerry Colon just wins. Six from six. I think his form in time is is looking stronger and stronger, really. The fact that he's been able to win good races over shorter whilst all the while looking like he's crying out for this sort of trip bodes really well. I don't think there's one, you know, outstanding performance from Jerry Colon that gives him the, uh, you know, the superstar potential, if you know what I mean. But it's just kind of like a series of, of really, really decent performances and consistently beating solid horses. You know, it's it's not like he's 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 beaten an absolute belter and then been turned over the next time. He just keeps keeps winning, keeps beating these one one five five ish horses. Did really well to win the Silly Isles, having you know, perhaps uh, got slightly outpaced early in the straight. Uh, you'd expect to see a better performance from Jerry Colomb here than you've seen at Sandown or at Limerick. And I think he sets a standard on those runs anyway. Don't see how he gets beat. That silly hours last time. That silly hours was walking, let's be honest. Was it? Is Balco Coastal a better horse than Monmiral? I think so, over fences. You know, Monmiral was down the field. That's, that's who... I don't think I have really very good horses, to be brutally honest. Well, they're nice horses, but they're not great, like, top-class graded horses. Like, they might be able to pick up a grade three throughout, the, throughout next season, but I don't, don't think they're, they're top-class. Um, well, show, show, show me where the top-class form is in this race, then. Um, well... You look at top class form and, and you, you quite easily brushed time ill aside, but over hurdles he was 
a proper top class animal. Like he competed in all the top grade ones and over fences he's he's taken a little bit of time to to warm to it and the cheek pieces and headgear certainly worked last time at Kempton. His jumping is, was a lot better than what it's been before. Um, it was airy at Newbury. It was a little bit clueless. Um, the race fell apart at Exeter the time before that, and it, his class really prevailed. Um, but last time at Kempton, was, I was really impressed with it. Over a, a course that I didn't think necessarily would be up his street or to his liking, uh, because he's not the quickest of animals, and, and the sharp turn in attempts and took some took some uh, speed to get round. Uh, of course, there was a few issues with other horses that, that happened in the race with Jolino Bello and Gallardo Leto, uh, which left him to pick up McFabulous later on. But McFabulous going into that race had been running really well over fences. We know he's, he's had a few issues since, but I, I wouldn't be as brushing aside on time as some of the others because he's just not as sexy as the others. Um, I know he's been around for a few years and he had a couple of campaigns to stay as hurdles. Um, but I think he's slightly overlooked in this at 11 to 2. And I have to give a mention to my mate, the real whacker. Like, I mentioned him at the start of the season that he could be interesting over fences and then he has shown a significant amount of improvement. Um, I hope they go here and not go for the Gold Cup because it's quite easily the most easy, easier of, of the two graded uh, grade ones that they could go for. I like what he did. I know he beat the same field as the Silly Isles, but he dominated and just battered them throughout the whole of the race. Um, we know he stays three miles as he stayed on strongly at Cheltenham. He goes on any ground. You know what you're going to get from him. Usually jump into his best ability and kick on from the front. Uh, and I, I, I think he's, I'd rather take Jerry Colom on personally with the real Wacker and Time Hill. You know, from previous episodes of this, I'm not Jerry Colom's biggest fan and I'm willing to pick and pick and pick until one day I actually see sense. Um, however, I'd be happy to take him on with both the real Wacker and Time Hill. Um, it's interesting that Mr Mullins has uh, supplemented Adam and the Chosen for this. Um, there's, there's nothing that I've ever really thought he'd end up being a three-miler, but you look at that run at, at Leopardstown and he was held up to come through rivals, but I wouldn't be surprised if if three-miles fans a little bit more improvement about him, and it's interesting that they decided to do that. He bumps into Mighty Potter twice and Jerry Colom early on in the season, um, and I said that for he, what has he actually beaten? Well, adamantly chose, chosen slightly back that up last time, uh, which is a positive for Jerry Colom. But I'm, I'm still looking to take him on. What price is he, Lou? Jerry Colom? 74. Like, he's still a, a more than backable price for some people, but... Um, Should be 5-4. to four. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll be a lot shorter on the day. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I've, 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 I say I've, I've pretty much been piling into him for for a few for a few weeks at short prices like I just I and it's not a it's not a love affair with Jerry Colom for me I just don't I don't see how any of these opposition beat him I I I, I mean Sir Gerhard is a potential fly in the ointment right I, I I'd be I'd be confident enough to state that I I'm not being convinced by time I don't really like that he's an obvious chasing as a nine year old uh 
he looked he was really bad at Newbury. And then that that Kempton race just ended up being an absolute stinker. Galileo ran no sort of race. You know, Jolino Bello came down, but Fabulous jumped like a dog. And Mortlock, you know, he's a he's a handicapper. He might not have had to run to one fifty to win that. You know, whereas I just think Jerry Colomb is consistently, you know, I, I like Adam McLean chosen. And I don't mind Kilcrut either. And he accounted for them, you know, really well at Limerick. I thought Balco Coastal uh, ran a good race in second in the Silly Isles. And I think Thunder Rock ran better there than he did in the Dipper. I, I, you know, if Balco Coastal ends up running in the handicap on Thursday rather than the Turners, I'd be interested. But I, I, I'm just, I'm just mad, mad keen on Jerry Colm. He's just, to me, by far, by far the most solid. Uh, Sir Gerhard. I mean, what do you make of him, mate? At what price is Sir Gerhard a bet? Tens. Tens, really? Half the price of a. But would you go that that drastic? Double the price of a horse he was twice the hurdler than in the real Wacker. What what do you think about him stepping up to three miles? Wouldn't have been what I'd have done. Because it wasn't exactly like he was the strongest of stays in last year's Bonnie Mall. Like, I, I personally have him down as a little bit more of a speedier horse. Um, his jumping would be a little worried. Like, he doesn't jump as well. He, he's never really screamed the chase to me. Uh, and the are they definitely going in? I thought it seems like bypass, it. Either bypass this and go for the turners, but it's almost like William Williams has got so many shapes that fit into so many holes that he's making a triangle fit into a square. So hard. It's like he's trying to make him something that he's not because he's got too much quality at too far already. That was literally what I was going to say, hey, mate. Just scream square pegging round hole to me. Uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be a monstrous performance for him if he's able to win this on his second start and his first go over three miles in a race so attritional. He's such a strong travelling sort as well. Like, how hard did he pull in the Ballymore as well? Like, he's got yeah. no chance of getting this trip if he does the same here. Yeah. The, if, if there is each way value against. The favourite is Galia de la Tau, who ran well at Warwick and surely wasn't herself uh, at Kempton over Christmas. Not really sure what sort of form she's achieved, but whether she should be 14s when the likes of the real Wackers to go harder fives. Not sure there's that much between them uh, in form terms, even though, you know, I guess she's won the old Mickey Mouse contest. Uh, but yeah, look. I, I think this is, this is a nap of the festival. I think seven to four is a gift. I think he should be shorter, well, closer to even money. I think he'll probably go off closer to even money, and I, I don't think he'll get beaten. That's fair, fair enough. Then. If I push you for one, Jim, who wins the Brown Advisory? Tyrell. Oh, what a shocking answer! <laughs> what a shocking answer! And you oh, I want this to be replayed. When, I just want this to be replayed when Simon outbattles Jerry Colon up the hill. 
I'll, I will happily, happily, I'll change my Twitter bio to Jim was right about Time Hill if he beats Jerry Colon. Right, you, you right. Click this up, click this up. Uh, can you not change it to uh, at L Time Hill R Racing? <laughs> time Hill Racing, yeah, why not for a bit? Let's, yeah. Let me Time Hill Racing if he beats Jerry Colon. Happily. Happily, pal. As we move on to the first handicap of the Wednesday, the Coral Cup, how competitive is this Cam Prong 7 to 1 favourite to beat Run for Oscar, who's 15 to 2? My old mate HMSC Horse is 17 to 2, or Uncle uh, 10, same price, Langer Dan, 12's Beacon Edge, Free Card Brad, Winterfog, 14's Brandy Love, Mai Tai, 16's Bally Adam, Captain Combe, Fildor, Imagine, Irish Hill, San Salvador, Fiat Glory, 18's Bar Them. Simple this gym, innit? Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a tricky race to analyse when we haven't actually got official declarations yet. Um Prond has been my sort of watch and enjoy of how the handicapper drops in significantly after Philip obviously decides to win him week upon week upon week uh, badly. Uh, we saw what he did at the festival uh, last season. Uh, he was fourth behind commander of fleet in the uh, in this race last year. He then went on to punch us down and beat fast or slow. Um, it's been a bizarre campaign this season, and he's slowly dropped in his handicap mark to one three eight. We saw him run well in this off one forty last year. Uh, the market's certainly not missed him. Plenty of people haven't, and I understand why he's seven to one. Uh, he's got the potential. Chasing wasn't his thing early season, uh, and he's looked a little bit out of love with the game. Uh, but yeah, I can imagine that office mark is someone I'm certainly of interest with. Seven to one isn't a price I'm necessarily interested in, and I think he will drift on the day. Um, but he's he's close to the top of my list. Um, there's a few others that I'm not sure whether they'll go Martin Pike. They've got a few entries involved, haven't they? Most of the runners in this. Uh, my size a horse I'd like to keep on the right side of. Back to two mile five, I think he's he's perfect. They ran him over three miles in the fixed brush early season. And he was he was just outstayed too keen, wasn't him. He was eye catching behind Hacker de Plas at, at Cheltenham on uh in January on the trials day. Uh, and stepping up another four furlongs is something I think he'll enjoy. I wouldn't be surprised if he come here because Larkin Mercer was not who normally rides him is could ride in the Martin Pike funny because he's a conditional jockey and he's got the whip band now. So I wouldn't be surprised if they chanced their arm in here and stick Sean Bowie on. Because we've seen him ride him at Haydock and Aintree in great action before. So they get on fairly well with him. I, I think he's marked more than fair at 145. He got put up three for that, but he was given a, a, a more than cons- conservative ride, let's just say that. Uh, and he's a horse I'm interested in no matter what he does in. And then Rocco is another one for JP McManus, who I think has been fairly underestimated. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, he's, he's got put up £10 for beating Rafferty's return at Weatherby. It could have been a hell of a lot more. Rafferty's return uh, is a consistent type. Of, uh, we saw him run well at the weekend at Telstra behind Santos Blue. Um, and he beat Foster of the Island at Weatherby, who always runs his races in, in good, valuable handicaps at Weatherby. Um, 
they obviously liked him early on in the juvenile, fourth, first time out to, to Porticello in the in the Grade One at Chepstow, and then they ran him at Kempton in the in the Adonis. His handicap mark was clearly a gift off one two one, and he's up seventeen pounds from from his first victory in the handicap. But this this fella's absolutely bolted up, nice fast pace, midfield, sit and cruise along, that's bang up his street. You know he goes on good. You know he goes on soft. I, I, I'm genuinely 16 to 1. In, he's 25 a few days ago. Like, someone's at a Cheltenham Preview night tipped him up and everyone's got on and, and joined the hype train. But he's a he's a big old price for a horse with a lot of potential. And especially in them colours, hoovering up Cheltenham handicaps is are their favourite thing. Yeah, he's on my shortlist in Rocco. He's, you can still get him uh, when he's with Sky Bet. I think that's a mad price. I think he's uh, so progressive. I mean, he just looks an absolute handicap block. You know, formerly with Emmanuel Cleo, and then he ran in the finale. And the Adonis last season wasn't quite good enough to make an impact there, but two out of two since sent handicapping as a five-year-old. Both really impressive victories at Weatherby. First start in the big sort of field. Like you said, Jim, he's a, he's a proper travelly sort. He's a travelly thing, isn't he? He's like yeah. Yeah, he is, and the demands of this race should really play to his strengths. Because one thing you want in a Coral Cup, and I'm going to contradict myself here, because the other horse I really like, he's a little bit more of a hold-up merchant, and that's my only worry with him. But Iroko will will race prominently. So that, that that's another positive for him. It is a bit of an awkward one, to be fair, because a lot of those towards the top of the betting, Langer, Dan, Run for Oscar, are hold-up merchants. You know, it isn't isn't traditionally what you want in a Coral Cup. You want a horse who's kind of on on the pace. Uh, the other one I like, who also fits into that category, is an unexposed horse of Eamon She. He's Captain Convey. Uh, placing two really competitive handicaps in Ireland this season. Last year, I think he probably would have been third or fourth. In the Mersey, at a massive price, he fell at the first in the home straight. Uh, but he definitely would have been in the frame there. Obviously, Free Strike Life won the race. My eye was runner-up. And then he'd have finished somewhere around North Lodge and Nelson. Nelson was running well when falling at Kelso at the weekend. He was third in a attempts qualifier at Punchestown in November behind She Wears It Well. Uh, travelled like the winner that day and I just think he didn't get home uh, was the last off the bridle jumped the last looking the winner and then just didn't quite have as much left at the business end and then he was so good at Punchestown on New Year's Eve even though he was runner up uh, to uh, Rian I think it might have been who's also entered here and has uh, won Again, since don't quote me on that, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, was it San Salvador? Sorry, no, Rian was a... It was San Salvador. Yeah. Uh, San Salvador. And if you look at the position of the pair of them turning for home, San Salvador is 10, 12 lengths ahead of Captain Combe. And it's less than two at the line. You know, if they go for it a little bit earlier with him, I think he shapes like the best horse in that race even though he didn't win, and they were miles clear of a, a granted a Tay and Ophler on. You know, it's not a not a bad handicap. 
he's up to 143, which is £10 higher than he ran on than he ran at Punchestown, but he's still had very, very little racing in handicaps. And despite the fact that hold-up horses, again, don't have the best record in the Coral Cup, this is a strong traveller. And if, and if I can see one kind of sluicing through the pack from Rio, I think it will be Captain Combe. And I think 16s is a very, very big price. Obviously, a, a yard in Eamon Sheehy, who, who wouldn't be a particularly well-known for Cheltenham horses. We had to Google to work out his first name earlier. <laughs> uh, but I, I really like this horse, and I think he's got a massive chance in the Coral Cup at around 16s. The other thing I, I would just mention here, Cam Prond, I mean, he's such a good hurdler at his best. You know, he was really, really good winning, winning at punches down. The form of beating fast or slow looks good. And I could have been on board when he was a wise guy horse. Seven, seven to one favourite for a Cheltenham Festival handicap though, for an animal who, whose form reads U, last of four, B, zero, eight. I mean, it's plotty, plotty, plotty if so, and I'm just not a big fan of the Hobbs Yard nowadays either. I get the thinking behind Camp Rond. Uh I'd be less surprised than others if it, he was just shite nowadays. Not a big fan of the Hobbs yard, but when they banged in a double on, on the second day, <laughs> absolute tears. Tyrell romps over, and then this fella's cruise. Oh, be superb. I'll just give one, one little mention to one more, Jim. Irish Hill. I think he'll run a good race as well. He's another one who, who should uh, be at least in the van. Mad progressive this season. You know, like what he did at Ascot last time. I think Zoffany Bay was pretty was a pretty well handicapped horse and he accounted for him. Uh pretty convincingly. One three fours borderline as to whether he'll get in or not, but he'd have a chance as well if he went there. But my main two are Rocco and Captain Combe. Yeah, and my my main two uh I can't believe you're not tips up HMS HMS Seahorse. I love the Seahorse. I I love the Seahorse. Uh I was all over him when he won. Last time he's been a long-term project of mine. I thought he was going to win the Galway hurdle. Uh, nine pounds higher means uh, demands more. I loved him from one three two because I just thought he was clearly such a better horse than that. Uh, think he'll need to improve here. That is possible because he was he was a, you know a very very good flat animal and I I was a little bit obsessed with him last season. Uh, Whether his day came at Navan, that's just my only concern. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my, my main two are Cam Prond. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go the JP two, Cam Prond and, and Iroko. But if my tie comes here, I'm, I'm not interested in as well. Yeah, my tie is one of my pipe horses, Jim. Uh, I'll be talking about him on the Friday as we go on to the Queen Mother champion, Chase. Edward Stone, 7-4, to four, to be Enid Gameen, who's 2s. Editor G is 6s. Gentleman Demay, 8s. Blue Lord, 10s. Newbie Negra, 20s. Grenatine, 33s. 40-1. Bar then. Jesus Christ, you might think this is the trickiest race of the festival. And almost everyone I, I've spoken to in the lead-up to this race... So many people have Edward Stone as their festival nap. I know. 
how can so many people be so confident about Edward Stone in comparison to an Ergami? Like, I can't believe the disservice that last year's champion chase winner is actually getting, to be fair. But what, in hindsight, Jim, does an Ergamine's form, other than the Shishkin second, now look worse than it did 12 months ago? Who is the best horse, in form horse, Shishkin has beaten? Shishkin has beaten. Sorry, an Ergamine has beaten, sorry. I mean, he ran, you know, his best effort was his performance in defeat in the Clarence House, surely, wasn't it? Because last year's champion chase fell apart. He beat Fernando Civiller and Envoy Allen. He beat an aged Shotgun Poissoir at Punchestown. The Hilly Way is a penalty kick every year for him. When, you know, when he won won the, uh, the grade one at Punchestown as a novice, he beat Janadil over two He's miles. Normal. He's got a chance in the Ryanair. Not a two miler. Never has been a two-miler. Captain Guinness isn't isn't that much of a mug. Like we saw, he's a massive price in this Captain Guinness, but um, he beat River de Tell pretty nicely um, when giving ten pound away and Andy the Frame. So I, I don't think an Ergamine's form is as bad as, as people a lot of people are making out. Like I think he's a little bit harsh. Um, I know everyone's got quite short-term memories. Like looking what. He did it in the Clarence house. He was revved up for the week before. He, he got called off. He still came anyway the week after. I'm not buying the palaver about the white fences. Like, I think that's a load of rubbish. But I think given a different ride, like coming to the last, I don't think he'd have won, but I think he'd have been a, a hell, he did a hell of a lot wrong in that race to, to only lose by six and a half. I think he would have been a lot closer if he'd have jumped the last. I, I'm still slightly bullish about him. Like, ride that Clarence House chase again ten times. I think Anergamine wins six of them. I think Edward Stone wins three of them. And I think Editor Dajit wins one of them. So, for that reason, I, I'm willing to give Anergamine a, a, another chance. And at them prices, I certainly am. If, you're, if you told me I, I could back Anergamine at 50's weight at the start of the season for the champion chase without Shishkin in it at the time against Edward Storm, I'd have absolutely snapped your hand off and I will continue to do that now. And that's no disrespect to Edward Storm, who's shown a clear amount of progression this season. We saw how impressive he was in the single creek. Uh, he made an absolute howler uh, in the Desert Orchid. Uh, at the fifth, Cannon would ride that race again completely differently. He'd follow Editor Dejit into the race. He was waiting for an argument to take him, and he didn't. He was just outstayed late on, and onto the onto the older course. He'll enjoy that a lot more, quicker, well run, fast tempo. We saw him love it last year. I I just think an argument is a, a better horse. Every day, of the, every day of the week against Edward Storm. And, I mean, this year, it's obvious that Editor Dejit's probably going to go on. Gentleman, gentleman to me, we saw uh, fairly prominently at Leopardstown. Funambul Similar's probably going to go forward. That's going to leave a nice sit in behind for an argument. Because there's only two horses that are going to probably take each other on. I'd, I'd expect him to win a lot more prominently. Uh, Edward Stone's going to be held up and have his bum through his rivals. 
Nube Negra is normally not too far off the place. Grenatine. There's, there's a lot of nice standard two-mile chasers in this who may get in the way of, of Edward Stone coming through this because it's not saying that Edward Stone needs to be held up because we saw him at Cheltenham last year. He was fairly fairly forward, but in more recent times he's been pulled and pick up the pieces. And I think he's, he's the way he needs to be, or the way he is being ridden now, could slightly affect that. And I'm sh- I'm sure that they'll have to run Nergamine again differently. We see we see what he does in Ireland. He goes from the front, he dominates. He, he comes over. Here. He he was he was held up last year to follow Shishkin, and it obviously disappointed. But he was rolled to pick up the pieces, and that's the way the race worked. They tried to do that last time, and the race didn't fall apart, and that completely didn't suit him. So this time round, little further forward. I think they learnt from his mistakes last time. I'm 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 a massive Energumin fan here, and I'm quite bullish of his chances of, of re, uh, replacing what happened in the Clarence House with Edward Stone and Eddie Tudorji. Yeah, Eddie Tudorji can't win that. Can't win this. I don't think. Just it it, it was a really really likable performance. I mean, Edward Stone headed him in the Clarence House, and Eddie Tudorji was brave and got back up. But it was such a well-judged ride from Hulahan. And people kind of underestimate the element of surprise in races like that. Cannon and uh, and Townend will be aware of what happened last time and they will do their best to make sure it won't happen again. for all I say, I've, 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 I've got my doubts about an argument. I think he probably would be the one I'd be with at the prices. He's, I, I, I do think his, his form probably looks a bit windier now than it used to. But the Shishkin second is, is an exceptional one. He, he absolutely tanked through the race here last year. Uh, overall profile to me just keeps the balance with him which is almost contradictory to say because Ederson was just much better than him in the Clarence house Uh, even with an Ergamine's mistake at the last I think he was was finishing third and Edward Stone made up ground on an Ergamine in a very very quick uh, period of time I am not confident in this race at all mate I am not confident I find it I find it tricky how any, how people are so bullish and everyone that is bullish seems to be bullish for Edward Stone uh, far from me who, who's the absolute opposite bring Edward Stone on I just I just think Inergamin still probably holds holds a likely chance of winning this if he's on his A-game. He will win it if he's on his A-game, I think. Uh, for all I'm... You can tell I'm not confident, by the way. I'm, by the way, I'm speaking, I think. Uh, and I think Edmundson's just smashing, smashing anymore. And maybe because he was a little bit of an unsexy hurdler and running big handicaps and didn't go over... You know, uh, had a second season over hurdles. People didn't really... Uh, it's taken people a little bit by surprise that he's going to chase her. But I'm just about with the reigning champ. 
if I am not going to have a bet in a Chelsea reverse, I am likely to have a bet in the Fox Hunters and I am in this. Viva the Maxwell horses. <laughs> Jamie Cole's riding Bob and Co. Finally, he can get his foxy winner. I felt, and it's Edward Stone for you. We'll move swiftly on then. Edward Stone for me? No way. Sorry, 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 sorry. Don't you even utter them words in my mouth. Sorry, Jim. An ergamine all the way. We'll move on to the cross country. Delta Work is 11 to 10 to beat Galvin, who's 5 to 2. Franco Deport, 15 to 2. Back on the last 16s. Daisy Abba, Gin Online, Snow Leopard S20s, 33 to 1. Diesel Dallier. Galvin's presence makes this race more interesting. I still think Dental, Delta Work wins it. My only advice here is back them both at the Grand National now. Galvin at 33s for that race is an insane price. Yeah. Not a lot more I can really add to that. Like this race isn't something I'm looking forward to. I, I normally like the handicaps of this throughout the season. Um, the one horse that did catch my eye, and I mean, if this was a handicap, he'd be getting a lot more weight. But Lieutenant Rocco showed signs of a bit of life last time at Kenton over too far on good ground, which is something he really shouldn't enjoy. Three R six over these fences. Could spring out a little bit more improvement. Uh, an absolute not to trained in. And like three mile six is something that I thought it'd be I thought it'd be like contesting Welsh nationals a few years ago. Uh slowly make up into a national horse. I think he'll enjoy this. Uh he's entered in the attempts, but he's been schooling over the over the cross country fences. Fifties is a little bit too big for me. And not gonna know but I'll be taking that. Um, I think Delta work will win. Simple as that. Franco de Port's in, the obvious interesting one. Um, probably a race I'll, I'll look at a little bit closer, closer to the time when the decks are in and, and on the day. So possibly a no bet race for me, but um, at 50s, Lieutenant Rocco's of interest. I like that, Jim, as a shout. I do like that as we move on to the 450, the Johnny Henderson. Grand Annual Challenge Cup, and they bet Dino Blue Sevens to be Andy Dufresne at nines. Savoir uh, and Orkhamish were both taken out this morning. They'd have been prominent in the betting final orders. Tens, unexpected party, same price. Third time, okay. Elevens, Cross Sublime, Magic Days, Twelves, Dad's Lad, Saint Segal, Fourteens, Riviera de Tel, Rouge Vif. Also, Sixteens and Twenties, bar them. I'll lead on this, Jim, because I really like one here. I'm just worried that he might not get in, which is the Sam Thomas-trained Grey Diamond, who has been a little bit of a standing dishing two-mile Saturday handicaps for a season or two now. Uh, has run some some pretty decent races in defeat, and I thought he was he was going to win when he fell at Sandown last time in a race won by Excitations. Came down at two out, well travelling like the winner. Uh, his third at Cheltenham in November reads really well uh, beaten by Amarillo Sky and Fugitive beaten three lengths by the pair of them Fugitive is absolutely taken off this season Amarillo Sky you know I guess he's a 150-ish animal now just a mad mad consistent generally in these sort of races you know very very nearly 
won at Ascot on his return last year as well. I know he won the gold and ended up being disqualified, so he got promoted into second. But that was a good run on his return. And I think he's looked a better horse both outings this season. If he sneaks in at the bottom of 135, he should not be a 20 to 1 shot. That's interesting. Um, not a horse I've, I've, I've noticed an awful lot about, but um, an interesting uh, fancy there. There's three horses that, that lead my shot list, and they're all, all from, uh, from England. Um, and you won't be surprised, but Red Rookie's going to be in there again. Um, he should run in this last year, and he's a runner stormer. Um, he's been dropped a pound. I was quite strong on him at Sandown. I was quite disappointed. Uh, I thought they went a fair enough gallop. He come into the race and he just didn't have a, a finishing kick. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they've tampered with his win since. Uh, and he's of interest at 16 because he was running in the process of running a really nice race in the Arkle last year. Um, I thought he ran eye catching on his debut over two, two, three. Back around this quick two miles, I think it'll be, it'll be something he'll really enjoy. So at 16, I, I, I'm going to give him another chance. St. Segal's a horse who probably should have won last time at Doncaster. We're given a bizarre ride, uh, flying late on. Ballistic, we've seen uh, run well the time before that at Weatherby in the Castlesford. Uh, he wasn't embarrassed at Newbury in that great race. Uh, so I don't think the form is that too bad in the end. He beat Christopher Wood at Hereford. I've only seen him over fences three times, but he's a fairly accurate jumper. Uh, only a five-year-old. Uh, a mark of 139. He's gone from 128 to 139 uh, in, in three runs. Uh and I think he's he's a lot progressive than a few other than others in these. And at the age of five, I still think there's a lot more to come from him. Uh, an excellent jumper. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him ridden a little bit more forward uh, in his juvenile days. We saw him run in the, in the boodles. Uh, he was often keen, but he settles down a lot more now. And midfield, I, I can see him stalking. And the other one is time wide. Um, he goes well fresh, and I don't think he enjoyed backing up October to November last time. Uh, he absolutely bolted up at Ascot off a mark of 142, beating uh, Frero Bamboo before midnight, Nassalam. Uh, and then uh, uh, under a month later, he, he was uh, just didn't look in love with it at all. Uh, behind Boot Hill, so Scottish, Frero Bamboo and before midnight beat him. And he, he'd been put up uh, £7 for, for winning at Ascot. He's dropped Two pounds here. I still think there's, there's Mark off 147. Goes well fresh. An awful lot of, uh, improvements come, I think. He's, he is only seven. I feel like he's been around for years, but he's, he, him at 20s is something that certainly interests me, a, a very, a very much so. Fair enough, mate. Look, if, if I was, if Grey Diamond doesn't get in, or I was to look away from him, I kind of think the ones at the top are about right, teen or blue. I mean, her second to Impervious reads really, really well and an opening handicap mark of 140 could prove to be very, very generous on her fourth chase start. And Andy Dufresne off the same mark from which he was runner-up last season, having probably looked like the best horse in the race for most of the way. Not quite happened for him this year, but it wouldn't be a surprise if, you know, this proved the plan all along. The market told the story last time at Fairy House, he went off 28 back in, back in this sort of company. Yeah, I think they'll both run well. The market tells you they should do, though. 
but Grey Diamond yeah. is the one who will uh, lead my team in the Grand Annual. Uh, I don't mind Sam Thomas as a runner before Midnight as well, who's also 20s. Again, pretty similar profile. Uh, he will get in. Uh, but Grey Diamond, the main one for me, Jim, and for you? The main one could be Simon White. Go on, lad. We like it. We like it as we move on to the final race of the Wednesday, the champion bumper, and a dream to share is four to one to be it's for me, who's nine to two. Fun, fun, fun is eight. Chapeau de Soleil's nines. Better days ahead. Factor file. Western Diego. All twelves. Fourteens. Encanto Bruno. Sixteens. Pauli Fee and Queen's Gamble. Twenty to one. Bar them. Interesting this gym because I guess you've got a little bit of a. A favourite in a dream share who perhaps isn't quite sexy, obviously, trained by John Kiley. Uh, good winner at Leopardstown on his return after after winning in the summer at Tipperary in Roscommon versus a sexy Mullins travelly thing in its for me. Yeah. Um, it's not a race I awful, normally give an awful lot of chance for. Um, to be honest, this, this is one of the least interesting races of at the festival. Uh, I keep it fairly short and sweet. Encanto Bruno beat Strong Leader here early on in the season. Um, we both like Strong Leader. That form of, of entitling to run well as well. So you still get to talk to one about that is, is something I like a lot. Um, a dream to share sets the standard and was impressive last time, but I think the way the race was ran suited him a lot more than a few of the others. Like I won't be surprised if Pat or file uh, if he does come in. Like Mullins got so many in this, you you've genuinely got no clue. Um but if Fact or file came here, I think a stronger run race, he's a proper stamina horse. I know it's on, on the on the sharper course, but it's normally well run the, the champion bump. Um I I wouldn't rule out facts or files or reverse them places. There's too big a price disparity, disparity between the two uh, for me. And that's it, really. I'm going to keep it fairly brief because I don't really care about this race. Fair enough, mate. Uh, it's a price thing, and I thought it's for me would be shorter than 9 to 2, if I'm honest. And I think that might be based a little bit on you know, the, the forecast of rain on the preview circuit I've heard from a couple of people that factor file is the one to be with uh, if the ground gets softer but it's for me created such a good impression onto me on his debut that I am surprised he's not shorter than 9-2 to two. Uh, just looks to have unreal amounts of ability uh, he's my idea of the winner at this stage although again it's not one with much confidence and that could change depending on the weather Nap time for Wednesday, Jim. Who is the best bet at the Children Festival on Wednesday this year? Uh, best bet at the prices, Anergamine. <sighs> wow. That is a bold shout, mate. That is a bold shout to Nap Anergamine. Uh, I'm with Jerry Colomb, and I think he's a nap of the meeting. I think we're speaking again later today, Jim, uh, to we do are. the Thursday preview. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yes, yeah, certainly. Get our tea stuck into that as well. Uh, a, a tricky bunting card, but I think the first two days will hopefully give us a strong indication of how far off the mark we are uh, at Cheltenham this year. Yeah, thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk again. Uh, we'll see you all again very soon. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe.